Hey guys, this is Pastor Michael. This week we don't have a normally scheduled restless episode. The thing is, I am about to move. I'm moving this week. We bought a house. We're very excited about it. Uh, but that means that I'm incredibly busy. Matt has just finished up some of his work for ordination and is working on finishing up seminary. So he likewise is extremely busy. And so this week, what we have for you instead is an introduction to a new podcast that I've been working on with a friend called Weekly Wisdom. So what you're going to hear is the first episode, and you can go and find this anywhere that you get podcasts. So what you're going to listen to is a reflection on Proverbs chapter 10, verse 1. This is something that I wrote, and then I have a, a good friend, Christopher Schwab, who reads it for us. He's listening to this probably right now. So shout out to Christopher. He did a great job. But this is something that you can go find anywhere. So please go out, find it, subscribe. There will be a new episode every week. There are more episodes than this on that other feed. So go find it. Um, but for now, this is Restless. But this is also an introduction to weekly wisdom. This is Weekly Wisdom, a verse-by-verse -verse exposition of proverbial wisdom from Scripture. Weekly Wisdom is written by Pastor Michael Bowman from La Crosse, Wisconsin, edited by Leanne Bowman, and read by Christopher Schwab. Weekly Wisdom, number one. The Proverbs of Solomon. A wise son makes a glad father, but a foolish son is a sorrow to his mother. Proverbs 10, verse 1. Proverbs 10 begins a new section in the book of Proverbs. Chapters 1 through 9 are an important background, but we know this is a new section in part because it includes a new heading. The Proverbs of Solomon. These proverbs are not in a longer conversational format between a father and son, but seem to be put together more randomly. Just because they look random doesn't mean they are. Some have pointed out that in Hebrew numerology, the value of the name Solomon is 375, and there happen to be 375 proverbs in the section that follows. 10 verse 1 through 22 verse 16. I don't know exactly what this means, and I don't intend to try to formulate a system to explain why the Proverbs are placed where they are. It is important to remember from the outset that this isn't necessarily random, even if we don't immediately recognize a clear pattern. Solomon starts with a look at parent-child relationships. As much as modernity would have us look at ourselves as isolated individuals, totally autonomous, the reality is that we are covenantally tied to others. Primarily, we are tied by nature and nurture to our families. This includes both the immediate family, parents and siblings, and the generations of family that have gone before us. Everyone has a father and mother. Everyone has forefathers and foremothers. You can't escape it. In this proverb, 10 verse 1, we are given both a point of self-examination and motivation. Both have to do with the emotional reaction that our parents have to how we live. 
The assumption is that these are wise parents, the kind reflected in the preceding chapters of the book. They fear the Lord. The primary focus in Proverbs is a father, and later a mother, teaching their son how to live and rule. I won't point this out every time, but I want you to remember that this doesn't mean you can't learn anything if you are not a son. Some of these are general truths that do apply across the board, which I think you will see, even if it only addresses sons. In a more traditional way of thinking, speaking in the masculine includes the feminine, but that is a topic for another time. Children are taught here to self-examine, and see what kind of emotions their actions produce in their parents. Is your father happy with how you are living, or do you make your mother sad? Do you hide your decisions from your parents because you think they would be disappointed? Well, if you have wise parents, then that should be a sign to you that you are not walking in wisdom. The response of wise parents to your life should be a primary referent for you on the godliness of your actions. Modernity often separates children from parents through an imposition of totally foreign values that are taught through the education system and the entertainment that many young people consume. This creates a different value system between the generations. What your parents think should matter to you more than what your peers and outsiders think. If your decisions are disappointing your parents, that should cause you to stop and reflect on whether what you are doing is a good idea or not. The response of your father and mother to your life choices should be a motivating force. It's not bad to want to please your father and mother. It's not bad to try not to disappoint your parents. If they think this boyfriend is a bad idea, it's good to listen to them. If they think that college is a good option, it might be the right way to go. If they don't want you to take that job in another city, it's not wrong to at least stop for a moment and reflect on the decision. Now again, this assumes they are righteous people that love God. Maybe there will be times when you just can't please your parents. They are not the ultimate judge of what you do. Nevertheless, they should be one of the central and most important relationships in your life, and their thoughts are important in judging wise and foolish actions. Thanks for listening to Weekly Wisdom. If you found this helpful, we would ask that you share with just one other friend you think would appreciate it. We'll be back next week with more proverbial wisdom.